0: and we are here to talk about somehow we are at the penultimate episode of krypton's first season and i don't know how all of this went by quite so quickly p.s where is my renewal sci-fi you know you want to please just give it to me i feel like after whatever happens next week if i don't know that the show is coming back i'm going to be extremely upset so please don't do that to me thank you (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah. I need my renewal long before I see the final episode, because I'm pretty sure it's going to end on a cliffhanger, and then, yeah. I'm
0: not, no, and I'm going to be not well.
1: Right. I actually had a thought this week. I I realized that in my mind, like, it's already renewed for another season, because, I mean, obviously, right?
0: talking about it like it is.
1: Right. And I'm just like, I mean... There's no way they wouldn't renew it, and then I realized that I'm, like, not in any way, shape, or form mentally prepared for them to not renew it, so, like, that's just not an option.
0: I know. I mean, we've been talking about episodes that we want to do on other, you know, Krypton and or Superman-related things, like, during the hiatus, and we're just having these conversations like we know for sure that there's going to be a hiatus.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I think I would legit have some sort of nervous breakdown if there's no second season. Like, I just... It's not uh yeah no, that's not an option. Please. Please. So yeah, guys, before we see the final episode, we're gonna need that renewal. That would be great. Thanks. Okay. you guys
0: have like a little under a week.
1: You know and what I else have... I need to see before the before the end of the season? Adam.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Oh, wait. Well, we didn't open with our regular Did we Like It, but this is actually something I wanted to talk about. Anyway, yes, I liked it. Um, I can't believe they left us with that ending tag last week and then
1: nothing. I I really – there was no way. I remember we talked about this in last week's episode. We're like, there's no way that they would just, like, not show him. I mean, there's only one episode after that. And I'm watching the episode, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm like, you're really not showing me Adam this week. Like, that's really not happening and then the episode was over and I was like, what, where is Adam? I need to know. <laughs> Although I think I have a, a theory on, I have a new theory on where I think Adam is. Okay. My new theory, so the, the episode next week is called The Phantom Zone. And skipping ahead to like the end of this episode when Drew tells Lyda like, oh, Valel didn't die. I'm pretty sure that Val is in the Phantom Zone, and I think that's where Adam went to.
0: That'd be cool. I like that.
1: Yeah. So Justice uh,
0: for Space Grandad.
1: I'm so excited that he's, like, not actually dead. I mean, I don't think that's a lie. Obviously, Drew must know him.
0: I wondered if you if he knew about Hologram Space Grandad. And that is I, and I—that was my original thought. There is that he knew that he's not really, you know, I'm making air quotes, gone because hologram space granddad is, is still kicking. Mm. But I like your idea better.
1: I mean, I, I there was a moment in the in the pilot when I thought that that was a possibility. Like, because I'm like, well, where did he go? And in, and then when Seg is talking to hologram he mentions the Phantom Zone. So I was like, hmm. And like that was like a thought in my head, but I like, I mean, there's so much other stuff that's gone on, I kind of really didn't revisit it in any way.
0: Well, I'm always of the opinion, which is borne out by this episode, in fact. I do not see a body. Like, <laughs> no guarantee.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, because he's not the only one who may be back from the dead. Again, jumping to the end of the episode, but those of us who were on Team Jana's brother isn't dead. We're right.
0: Justice, justice.
1: Yes. When he showed up, I was like, I knew it. I was like pointing at the screen, like I knew it. I knew it. I knew it.
0: Well, actually, I will confess that it took me. It took me a second. Like I didn't get it immediately because. I don't know, this, this show gives you 7 million things to keep track of at one time. Right. And that wasn't where my brain immediately went to. I was just like, oh, it's the person who's going to help her because people are nice. Which is also not something the show has ever really proven. <laughs> but but then, then I realized that that was... Um, and I've actually forgotten his name. But I should Google that right now. So actually.
1: crap, me too. His name is...
0: But, uh, like, I really, I think think that's awesome, because I was very, like, team he wasn't dead before, so, also anything that gives Jada more to do, or more backstory, and or more depth, I am 100% in favor of, always, and I think that uh, letting her have the chance, especially now that she's sort of reevaluating a lot of the core tenets of what being Azad is, and what she's believes that means she has to be and do, like having chance for her to kind of revisit that leaving her sibling for dead thing is a good thing. And will be good to watch.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, what one of the things that I love about this show is its ability to surprise me, even with things that I suspect, it still manages to surprise me because for all of the moments in this episodes when I've thought, oh, this is the moment when, like, her not-dead brother's going to show up. Like, he never does. And then I did, it didn't even cross my mind in that moment. And then when he, like, looks up and you see the one blue eye, I was like, oh, my God, it's her brother. <laughs> I
0: mean, Congrats to the people who just, like, really remembered that particular trait, like, instantly. I would like, and...
1: You, you know, there's a part of me, too, that when we saw his, like, holog... Like, his, uh... Not hologram. His, like, the weird robot that she fights. Um. There was a part of me that thought, oh, they really went to the trouble of, like, casting an actor for just this scene.
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't even think it was weird. Yeah. It was just like, they'd be somebody for her to fight in this
1: scene. So, it's cool. I'm, ex- I'm like, super excited for that. Um, I also... Like, this, by the I mean, I, I love Jaina, and she's been one of my favorite characters from the beginning, but in this episode, I was like, I would lay down my life for Jaina Zod. She is my favorite. <laughs> she's well, just the best, and I'm super pissed at Laina. Uh,
0: I'm also super pissed at Lyda because Jaina's amazing, and... I'll, although I will get to I will get to my standing for Nissa Vex later in this episode because I was also very much like I am now ride or die for, for Nissa.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Is, it
0: close, is it close, if not, like, co-number one in that area? I just – she's the, – the journey they have managed to sort of center on in just three episodes, being from, like, we show no mercy, you're, you know, my greatest shame, to – where she is now versus like capable of, you know, vocalizing how important Lida is to her, how, how she is sort of rejecting some of the more structured codes that the Zods are supposed to live under. I think it's really, because it hasn't been like a big, it hasn't, the show hasn't made a big deal out of it. Like, look how Jaina's changing, but Jaina is changing in fairly significant ways every week.
1: I think it's also like really important that a character be allowed, you know, to have flaws and to recognize them. And like, that's actual character growth. Like, her ability to say, no, I was wrong. Like, all of these things about you that I thought were weaknesses are actually the things that make you strong. And I was wrong. And I'm sorry. You know, there's a lot of times when I watch other shows and like, main characters never really have that it's like oh no the main character always right or there's always some justification for why they're doing the things they're doing or like or they have a justification for it like well no I know I was wrong but like for her to just straight out be like no I was wrong and like that's it like end of sentence like I was incorrect like this is how what I should have done I absolutely failed you but please like kind of give me another chance and I, Yeah, I mean, it was just awesome. And I mean, I understand, you know, there's there's a part of it that's like Lida has really grown up in this, you know, very, like, loveless and rigid family. And, you know, just sort of witnessing the relationship she has with her mother and how her mother has never really stuck by her side or believed in her. It makes you sort of understand why when presented with her son, she would be like, no, I'm going to do the opposite of what my mother has done to me. And so that's why I understand why she's kind of like ride or die for her kid. But at the yeah, same that's, time, that's I you. you know, but at the same time, I'm also kind of like, this isn't like a child you raised. This is a grown adult version of someone and you don't know what type of an adult they are.
0: Yeah, she's sort of projecting her idea of what having a kid is like onto this person she doesn't really know. Right. Also, I mean, maybe it's just maybe not the time right now.
1: Like, right, right. like this isn't the time for your family drama BS. Like,
0: maybe come back to this later.
1: I just like I was so, and I and I mean. It's one of those things that's like I've loved Lida from the beginning, and so it's sort of heartbreaking to see her disappoint—not disappoint, but like not side with her mother and Seg.
0: Yeah,
1: and I it, like it's sort of heartbreaking, and it and it and I think it just goes to the you know back to the we've discussed many times how good the writing is on this show that a lot of times when you have these sort of love triangles, you know, somebody does something and you're like, oh, they're trash. So you were like, fine, it's fine if they get kicked out of the triangle. But in this situation, like, I'm kind of like, oh, I understand most of your motives. But, like, I'm sort of leaning on the Nissa side of this triangle, Lita. Sorry. like, <laughs> But it, like, hurts me that I am because I do really love Lita. And then, of course, you know, we learn in this episode that Drew could open that vault by himself the whole time because dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Wait, dad.
0: I have one more comment about the thing, and that's that um, what you were saying before about letting characters admit that they're wrong. Um, I think it's just as important to let, um, or let, this is me coming from the perspective of I think Lita behave. Let Lita made a wrong choice here, but I think it's just as important for you to let your characters be wrong, like if. If you're you, like, light is amazing, but she's not perfect, and the show allows her to be not perfect, including make you know, I'm gonna say selfish, but not entirely the word that I want. Like, uh, it, including to make choices that are that are maybe not 100% always motivated by her best self or her most selfless thinking, or for whatever reason, like she doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Like she. Can make mistakes, she can make bad decisions, she can make a decision that she thinks is a good one but actually is bad. Like, it's she doesn't have to be 100% perfect and right all the time to still be a, a good character and a character that we care about and root for.
1: Right. No, oh, absolutely.
0: Anyway, on to the other thing, which is I can't believe this actually went there because I was sort of convinced that it wasn't going to that Zod
1: is a that Drew is a no, no. I know I there was a part of me that like in the beginning I was like oh he's gonna be his kid and then at some point I was like you know what they're not gonna go there and I had fully convinced myself they weren't gonna go there and then so then when he's like I figured it out and he's able to open the vault I was like oh my god really like and then I'm like oh my god so him and Jor-el are actually have brothers, and he's really Superman's uncle. And all of my soapy dreams have come true.
0: I really didn't think they were going to because that's kind of—I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, internet—but this feels like a fairly significant shift to the timeline of Superman's family tree that we know. And that is a big—that's a big deal for a little, you know, show and first season to kind of it out and do. So I think that was why I didn't think they would ultimately go there. I was more of opinion that he would be Dev's kid or some person that we have yet to meet or something like that.
1: Right. Right. And it's funny because we, well, we talked about this a little bit last week too is like how it changes the timeline in general in regards to the fact that these people like know a lot of information before they're supposed to. Um, And so the fact that, like, Drew, he says, he's like, I didn't know who my father was, but I figured it out. Like, so that means that Seg never knew he was his father. And now he does. And so how does that change the timeline?
0: Well, and not even, like, if he knows it now, how does that impact, I mean, this is all assumed at some point we get back to a timeline that's relatively close to the one that we know, but... He would now know that he's Superman's uncle, right? Is that right? Correct, family, yeah. yeah. Like, so I mean, he would know that. I don't. I don't. He, he doesn't necessarily strike me
1: as someone for whom that would be like a deal breaker, but it's kind of a big difference. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it definitely deepens the conflict that exists between Drew and Superman, you know, because now it's no longer just, you know, two Kryptonians. It's now a family, a family, uh, disagreement. Um,
0: and this is like inching into Skywalker territory. All
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's, it's an interesting sort of piece. uh, that I don't, I don't really know how we go forward with it. Cause you know, like we said, like now Seg knows. So it's like, is he going to just let her go off and raise this kid without him? Like, I'm interested to see. And then when, I mean, I assume that he was conceived in this episode in the beginning. Um, (laughs) I'm assuming Lida is currently pregnant and doesn't know.
0: I was wondering if you were supposed to assume that they make such a big deal out of, uh, out of, out of Cal being the first one, you know, born not in a in a Genesis chamber. So then I was like, "Is it?" Sometimes I sometimes I wonder if my lack of hardcore knowledge about the comics it's a, a gift or a curse because I don't know if I'm supposed to be thinking about that.
1: Well, in the original timeline, that would make sense if Seg never knows that that's his kid. Then he would have no idea that Lyda was pregnant and you know, like gave birth if she if if in the original timeline they separate and she goes to, you know, Argo City or Kryptonopolis or something and then comes back years later with a kid, she could just be like, oh no, this is, you know, whoever's kid. I don't know. But I mean, I don't, who knows how that real, like went down in the original timeline, but your assumption is that he doesn't, didn't know. Because otherwise if he knew, then so many things would be different. You know, him and Jor would be raised as brothers and, you know, super Cal would not be the first born outside of the Genesis chamber. So it raises all these interesting questions. Um, there was somebody that I was, I can't remember if I was listening to it or if I read it that um, had this idea that at the end of the season, we would somehow reset and go back to like the beginning of,
0: this season
1: of Krypton? Yeah. Like, where, like, no one... Like, someone would get be stuck in the Phantom Zone, and um, that person would have the knowledge of everything that went down, but that when they come out, they'd go back to the beginning of the time, like, the beginning of this, like, sequence of events, and I guess, like, replay it, or, like, play it back out somehow. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but that would...
0: That makes my head hurt. That makes my head
1: hurt, but it would also manage to reset certain things. Um, so that would be an interesting timey wimey thing that could possibly occur. Um, but anyway, that that's a sort of rabbit hole, a rabbit hole thing. Uh,
0: I, I think that that's too complicated, but maybe.
1: I like. I um. I'm trying to think of some of the the bigger things that happened. So I liked. Like I loved when I loved that Jaina was winning the, the battle with, with Drew. But I was like, yes, kill him. Cause I'm like, he's not born yet. It's fine. You could totally kill him. It's not a big deal. Right? Like, technically, you're not killing him in your timeline. Like he hasn't been born. So it's fine. Uh but I loved that she was able to best him. And then I was so annoyed at Lida. I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, she's protecting her son or whatever. Um, <laughs> I was like, you can't shoot your mom. What are you doing? I figured
0: that she would somehow break it up so that neither of them would kill the other. But I did not expect her to make such a such a kind of definitive choice between the two of them. That That felt a little weird. But I guess it does. I mean, in a way, it makes sense. And kind of a story necessary, I guess. But I also I don't know. I just don't know that um, I don't know that I'm hundred percent sold on the idea that Lyda thinks the answer to all of this is to release an unkillable killing machine.
1: Yeah. I mean she doesn't seem like she's fully confident in it either, because she says to him, like, okay, so we release this thing, and then what happens? Okay, he stops Brainiac, but then then what? Like, you, you have no, like, contingency of, like, how we lock it back up. So she is questioning it, but yet still going along with it, which makes me be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, poor parenting, girl. Yeah. Poor parenting. The other
1: thing that was re- – so there was only one thing that was really weird to me, and I thought, like, an sort of odd story choice in this episode. And, like, granted, you know, they have to pack a lot of stuff in – but, so they reveal that he is Seg's kid, and then it's, like, not addressed again.
0: Yeah, that was a little weird.
1: Like, her and, like, Lyda and Seg do not address it, Seg doesn't address it, like, nothing is, he's like, so you're my son? And then it's like, okay, we have and- other shit to deal with, so I was like, what, oh, okay, what? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I get that, like, maybe they didn't have time to have, like, a big fan to sit down about it, but I am surprised he didn't, um, I mean, I guess he couldn't talk to Kim about it because he's not there, but he didn't mention it in his upset to Nissa. he did he doesn't have, grab a minute with Peta about it, like, he just doesn't even really react to it, which I thought was, maybe that's
1: coming next week,
0: I don't know, but it was a little... It was a little
1: weird. It was weird because I felt like, like you said, he didn't even really react to it. It just felt like an information drop. And then it was just like, oh, wait, excuse me, Doomsday's chamber is, like, faltering. And and then it was like, I'm going to walk away from my son now. Like, I was just like, wait, what? Like, what's happening? It was very strange. I don't
0: know. Well, maybe, then again, like, maybe they have different sort of the whole concept of parenthood on the show is so fraught because people apparently don't, you know, necessarily always raise their kids. It looks like it looks like people don't have for great relationships with their parents. Like it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're looking at it from like a human kind of perspective and he's just like, I'll get back to this when I get back to it. Right.
1: That's true. Right. I mean, I guess, but, you know, you don't have that time of like, because they don't carry, you know, they they, they don't, um, go through the whole gestational thing. There's no, like, bonding, like, with your, your whatever, spouse. There's no bonding, like, with the fetus. You don't have that, like, whole giving birth thing. So it's just, like, you, like, pick your kid up out of the Genesis chamber, and it's like, oh, here's our child. Let's raise it now.
0: Yeah, we've already done all this other stuff. It's, like, it's already just, like, ready to go. It's like picking up a pizza. Right.
1: Um, oh, speaking of creepy fetuses Clones so, so apparently there's a vault of clones I'm really, 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 really intrigued To see what that's all about And where that is going I mean, I think part
0: of this is I just watched Westworld. I just watched, and I'm just like, what? Like, so the read I'm getting on this is this, people are cloning themselves so they can live forever, which also, again, I've been watching a lot of Westworld, um, imply a certain amount of, of um, what, like cognitive
1: transference.
0: It, it doesn't matter if you live forever across multiple bodies if you're a different you and everybody So theoretically, somehow they had to figure out some way to transfer like your conscious, like my consciousness, into my clone. I don't know. That could yeah,
1: just be. Yeah, it's. World. See, I just watched Altered Carbon. Oh,
0: I haven't watched that yet. Which it's on my lip.
1: So yeah, Altered Carbon also has this kind of thing where like you take your consciousness is in like a basically like a zip drive. In the back of yeah, your head, body jumpers, right? yeah, and uh, you can like put the consciousness in like anybody. So if you're if you're wealthy, you can make clones of your body so that you could just transfer like the imp- so you always look the same. If you're not, if you are like in this situation, if you're like a rankless type of person, you just get whatever body's available. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. um, which is like a super interesting thing. So I'm I'm like watching her open the thing, and she's like. The clones and i was like oh my god this is so creepy <laughs> like this is just like altered carbon um but what she said what i thought was interesting was that it's only the like most like the vips of the gilded like it's not even all the gilded it's just like the the quote-unquote like really important gilded families seem to have cloned themselves
0: yeah i don't know where i don't even i'm like Here's how I kind of reacted to the clones. I was like, okay, there are clones now. We have way too much other crap to deal with. I will come back mentally to the clone.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes, I mean, and I think that that's kind of how they dealt with it too because it's such a tiny moment in the episode where they're like, we're just going to put this here so that you know it's a thing, but we're focusing on all this other stuff first.
0: And P.S. there's
1: clones. Put a pin in that. <laughs> I, I mean, I like... definitely, because I have to, started thinking about... Well, so, like, in the Krypton comic, the, like, original one, the, like, one... It's only, like, well, I think it's just one comic. Um, that was, like, a thing. There was, like, these Clone Wars. They were, like... So they made these... Oh. They had all these clones, not to be confused with the Star Wars Clone Wars... So they had, and I think I might—I think I talked about this in like maybe the first episode of the podcast that you and I ran. Um, so they had all these clones, and there was like one group of people that said like we should destroy the clones, and like another group of people that were like, no, we should keep the clones. So then there was a whole war, and the people who didn't want to keep the clones won the war. War, and then now like they're still right, and so then they like formed the society that we're seeing now where they have like the Genesis chamber and everything. So like the clone war quote unquote was before like the way that the society is situated now. So I'm wondering if these are like left over from, like if they're going to address that, if these are like left over from that. or Maybe. I mean, maybe, I, I, I mean, again, like, right. This isn't like at the, at the moment, it's not like priority. Number one thought. but
0: But I did keep thinking about, Last week when um, Darren, well, because number one, I thought it was weird that the person who had the magic code to the chamber was Darren Vex. That was weird. Number two, I was trying to remember, and maybe I did make this up because I want to draw a parallel. there's not one, but I seem to remember my first meeting with Jess or they, she said something about he looked the same and implying that you know, there had been some time since they left left seen each other. And, of course, I immediately went to uh, Is Darren Beck's a clone? But that seems crazy when I say it <laughs> out <outside>. loud.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because it actually, the fact that he has the key to the, or, like, the code to the clones. So what I got from, okay, what I got from her when she was talking to him is that they had developed the technology, but, like, she had in the science Guild but it had never come to fruition and that he went ahead and did it. So I think that he's the one who like made it like, like went ahead and like, and did it like had, had the clones made. That was kind of what I got from their conversation. I might be wrong, um, but it wouldn't really surprise me if he's the person to have the key only to it only because he's so obsessed with staying alive and like just being alive forever that it, it doesn't surprise me that he's found some kind of way to to clone himself and to make sure that he is he is alive forever.
0: Putting a pit in the clones. <laughs> I don't have time for worrying about clones. First, get <laughs> to save everything else before we worry about the clones taking over and killing everyone, which is, I'm sure, what they will inevitably do. Um. Uh, Let us talk about something that made me happy about this episode, which is um, setting with Space Grandad. Because we uh. know that he love Space Grandad. And I got kind of emotional about their chat about the House of El Sigil.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. So
0: good.
1: I loved uh. that where he was like, our ancestors chose that symbol because it means hope. And as long as there's an L on Krypton, there will always be hope.
0: This goes right back to what I said in, like, the first episode we ever talked about about the show, which is that, my gut instinct was to draw parallels between all of these houses and Throne's houses. And I'm like, they're the Starks. They're the Starks, and I love them. There must always be an L on Krypton.
1: There must always be a Stark in Winterfell. I thought that was so... I do love that actor who, not coincidentally, plays Barristan Selmy
0: on Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, and I thought that was... Just, he just sold the hell out of that scene. It so good. Oh, it was so good. He gives such good advice. Space Granddad is really the best. So I
1: really hope actual Granddad is still alive. Me too. I've taken to calling him Valogram. That's <laughs> my, new, that's my new nickname for him. He's Valogram.
0: I like Space Grandad because it lends itself to writing it down in all caps, Yes, which, which is how I feel like I say it. I feel like I say it in all in caps. In all caps.
1: Space Granddad. <laughs> space Grandad
0: is the best. But that was my favorite. I think other than the thing which we'll get to in a second, like that was my favorite scene of the episode. I thought it was so, so well done and such a nice reminder of like, this is why we care about this family and who they are. Right. And and so what good.
1: they will be and what they'll represent in the future.
0: And also because Nissa got to stab somebody with the sigil. So, hey.
1: That was so cool. I loved how she was like, I didn't think that was going to happen.
0: <laughs> um, I, let me just take a second, you guys. And I'm sorry. Please feel free to, like, 15 second forward skip this. But I love Nissa. Like, uh, I just love her so much. I love, um... Kind of the same thing I was talking about about Jaina. She has also changed so much in like the space of two or three episodes, but the show's not putting a stake in the ground and being like, What is it changing? But she just is, which I think is really natural and good storytelling. You shouldn't have to stop and tell me that this character is experiencing a life changing moment. (laughs) It just, you know, comes out through the way that they behave. And I feel like the Nyssa that her father would have tried to raise would have run away because that's the survivor, that's the survivor move. Like, at Skimmer, you live to fight another day. You get away from the homicidal maniac and start over from wherever you went to. But she went back, and I love that. And then they made out, and I love that, too. You <laughs> know I was just look- for those dumb, like, couple moments where he's like, Where the one person is like, I thought I told you to leave. And then the other person just looks at them like, duh, idiot. You know why I didn't leave. And then I
1: make out. You know what I liked about that moment is in this particular situation where we have, you know, these two women and this, you know, we have this triangle that we like everybody in it. And we're kind of like, I don't know what side I want to pick. When one of the when one of them when the characters are allowed to have a moment, it has to be earned. It can't come out of nowhere, and then you're like, I don't understand. And I felt like that moment was very earned for the two of them. In like what has gone on since he's gone and and take you know helped her get out, and how she has been the one to stand by his side and do you know try to help specifically him you know not like just the overall cause or whatever you know she's always sort of just sided with him and done things for him um you know that I kind of knew she was going to come in and save the day like when I was like there's no way she's going to leave him but like when she comes in you're just like yes she's here and you know you can even even just being able to see like he's sort of like suddenly putting it all of it together you know like all of the things that she's done in that very moment that she comes in to save him you can see it sort of register in his face and and that moment that that ki- it's not like I, I don't know i feel like on other shows sometimes characters will kiss or whatever and you're like uh you know
0: and they just try to explain it by being like adrenaline makes you do that
1: right but this felt super earned like very in this particular moment like there's it's high emotion he almost just died she came in and saved him and they've earned this moment together.
0: And then they still might <laughs> die. Right. Right.
1: And normally when you have a situation like this, where like the character is sleeping with someone else in the beginning of the episode, I'm normally, it normally would be something I'd be like, ew. Yeah. But again, because of everything that happens in the episode with Lida, with Drew and with him and Nissa, like it, it felt like a very earned moment. And so I was like, no, you deserve to have this kiss right now. And I just love her. She's just I, I totally yeah. don't
0: get I don't get the sense that this has it, you know, completely erased everything he has with Lida or invalidated it or means no. that he's with now. I just think it was just like a really great moment for them and I was super like happy it happened.
1: Yeah. Because oh, oh, yeah. they
0: might <laughs>
1: fly. <laughs> well, and so that was really so. I have to again. I mean, we t- we mentioned this a lot, but like I feel like this is a show that knows exactly where and when to use their CG budget.
0: Oh my gosh, that scene was incredible! Like just the like, I was sitting there thinking, "This is beautiful." But watching when they're like standing on the that balcony, I don't even know how to describe whatever. whatever. They're like looking out, like that looked amazing.
1: Yeah, and then him, like, just the way the body, like, blows up was so cool. And then him transforming into actual Brainiac. I have
0: no, I don't understand at all
1: why that happened or how, but it looks incredible. Oh, it looks so cool. So cool. And I was like, oh my god, Brainiac looks amazing. And then I think about the Brainiac that exists on Supergirl.
0: Yeah, it's very confusing.
1: And I'm like, that's so bad. And I think you guys have more money, but anyway, um, I, I also
0: I'm just really excited because I'm excited for fans who are more of like of a comic book than I am because that looked like a really amazing representation of sort of his, you know, comic look. And I know that a lot of people have been waiting forever for that. So yeah. Yay. Yeah. for everybody, that, yeah. that is super a big deal for. Them. I am always excited for nerds to be excited.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's something really cool about like seeing that stuff come to life. I mean, I I reference, this is my number one reference all the time when we talk about this, but I can still remember very vividly sitting in the movie theater and watching Fellowship of the Ring for the first time. Yeah. Okay. And, and just that feeling of, like, the book I read is literally coming to life in front of me exactly the way I pictured it. And I can't say that any other, like, fictional iteration has, has come so close on screen. Like, even Harry Potter, like, yeah, it looks the way I picture it, but, like... Because of, like, the story and stuff, sometimes they do weird things, and it, it's just, the, the Lord of the Rings was just, like, a perfect picture of mm-hmm. exactly what all of it looked like.
0: You know what I think, I, I'm actually going to bring this back to Grant but I think that the reason stuff like that happens, and why they can do it here too, is that usually Peter Jackson is such a nerd. And he's such a nerd for that particular property. That it's like something you love being made by someone who loves it as much as you do. Mm-hmm. That's when I ended up with stuff like that. And the guys that work on this show, you know, they were part of Man of Steel. They're all obviously huge fans. Like the cast is huge fans. And this is a labor of love for most of these people just it as a job. And I think that's when you can kind of reach that level when it's not just something that, people are making because making a sci-fi show.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, this is Krypton. When I watch it, I feel like this is the difference between like a fan making something and mm-hmm. just a, a someone receiving a property and being like, okay, I'm going to adapt this. Like, you can tell that everyone is a fan and like yeah. the accuracy and the just ability, like the, the want for it to be great you can feel that and if you follow any of the any of them on social media not just the cast but the creators the writers the directors you know some of the editors um cam welsh like all of them are big superman fans and all of them are like oh my god look at this cool thing and look at this cool thing and it's like that's what happens this is what happens when fans get to make stuff and it's really cool and then i like Every week, I'm so happy for them. Like that's got to be just so amazing.
0: They all just they all just make me happy. Yes. Give them a second season, sci-fi.
1: Come on, sci-fi! What the hell?
0: <laughs> let them be happy. Why won't you let them be
1: happy? And you know what? I should mention that we love this show so much that I'm on vacation, and was ver- <laughs> like, we have to record. While I'm on vacation, like, I will carve out time to sit in my hotel room and record this episode of the podcast because, uh, you know, uh, it's the penultimate episode, so we didn't want you guys to not have this before the finale. Um, But, like, I love it so much that I was like, yes, I will absolutely just for an hour of my vacation sit and and record this because I, I have to talk about it because it's just so good.
0: But if this episode's a little shorter, though.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, what else? What else did I want to talk about? I wanted to yell about Nissa and say that made me happy. I don't know. Okay, back to the whole like how we're changing the time situation. Clearly, in the real timeline, Doomsday does not break out of his his tomb thing, and that is apparently what's about to happen. So. How, I, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big shift in the future of Candor and Krypton, if that actually happens. And I have no idea. They did not sound super like they thought um, it could be closed or sealed again.
1: Yeah, they definitely made it seem that way. Um, I think <clears throat> there's a possibility. So... I'm pretty sure, and again, somebody on the internet can correct me if I'm wrong, but in most iterations of Doomsday, he only gets released because Krypton explodes. Uh, okay. I think. So now, like you said, like he's being released like long before that happens. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next episode they throw the pod in the Phantom Zone.
0: Oh, that's it. I keep forgetting about like the
1: phantom zone is sort of the catch-all like yeah. garbage, disposal you know, the family. garbage disposal, and that they're just kind of like uh, we'll deal with this later. We'll just throw this in the phantom zone. It's, little,
0: it's like when company comes over and you throw everything in the closet. In the closet.
1: Like, oh. <laughs> Get that lamp that Aunt S- Sally gave us for Christmas and put it out, like you know. Get it out of the phantom. <laughs> Get it out of the phantom zone. <laughs>
0: Oh, wait, I forgot something I meant to say, like, forever and ever while we were talking about this. I am so, every time I, I feel, like, sad every time I realize that they all think Adam is dead.
1: Oh, oh, my God, yes. How did we forget forget to discuss that? (laughs)
0: It took me a minute to be like, why are they all moping about this? Like, we know he's fine. I was like, oh, no, they think he, like, obliterated in the explosion or whatever, and they all think that he's
1: dead. I loved how sad Seg was about that. How he was like... Adam died, you know, to protect me or whatever he says, and I was like, oh, so you're not going to be mad at him anymore when he shows back up? <laughs> I mean,
0: the true OTP right here.
1: Oh, one hundred percent. It was funny. I had tweet somebody.
0: I bet you're right though, and that is how they're going to sort of like get them to be friends again because he'll just be so happy that he's not
1: dead. Uh, right. He comes back wherever he is. Right. Um, it was funny. Somebody on Twitter was like. I saw it said something like, Oh, they better get this bromance. They might have said it to me, I can't remember. Um, like they gotta get their bromance in check or like get it together. And I was like, um, honestly, the only ship I care about. <laughs> and uh Sean liked it. Sean Saipos. <laughs> the most important ship. I'm like, uh, yep, yeah, nope. Forget everybody else. Or I think I wrote like Nissa and Leda Who, Second Adam is the most important ship. Strange L. <laughs>
0: It's true though. Strange out, I like that. Is that their shipping? Mean, I feel I... like everybody has such unfortunate name making, like, like for, for ship smushing.
1: Like, yeah, I don't what, know. Like, what is, like, Stag and Nyssa,
0: what is that? Like, Neg? <laughs>
1: yeah, their uh, names are a little.
0: They, like, I mean, what, le- Leg? Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> Sida? I guess that's a little bit better. Oh, wait,
1: where is Dev, by the way? Oh, Dev is quote-unquote recovering somewhere. That's what she uh, says. I missed that. He's, He's recovering, like, and it's Kem it's has been sent to Kryptonopol- Kryptonopolis, a.k.a. we have a lot of shit to do in these next two episodes, so we are just through them out of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. I mean, as long as I know they're safe, that's fine. <laughs> that's
0: going to be my new shorthand, by the way. Everybody get ready lines that I'm
1: tired of or don't care about is just going to be throw it in the Phantom Zone. Throw it in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I'm trying to... See, even at, like, when I was trying to think of, like, a hashtag for Adam and Seg, I was like, their names are ridiculous together, too, so I just went with their last names. No, I think that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, so you could do that with all of them. Like, Nissa and Seg could be Vexel. Lyda and Seg could be zod
0: I get, that is better than smushing their first names together because
1: all of that is ass. Yeah, well, I mean, his name is Seg. I mean, I don't know who thought it was a good idea to use that name, but like, it's it's not exactly, you know,
0: it's not lyrical. No,
1: not at all, and it doesn't it doesn't create good smush names. You got to think about these things, guys, when you name your characters.
0: You Those have to be able.
1: They Just need to have hashtag name. couple names. Come on now.
0: Shippers, I have your conversation on the
1: internet. Priorities. Oh, yeah. Shippers, if there's like an actual like set name for these car- couples, let us know because I haven't actually. Yeah, de- I have
0: no idea.
1: <laughs> I don't think. I would like to know. I'm not sure that those, um, I'm using air quotes that those fans exist for this show and I kind of hope they never find it because I can't deal with them you know those people who ship a couple and like that's the be all end all of the tv show that yeah. we're watching and
0: then there's like yelling and goodness.
1: and there's like meanness and like you know threatening people's lives over fictional characters and i just i'm not really and here. For, not really here for that they throw it fans out. i yeah i i don't need that in this show you can keep that over on the cw without my out
0: Oh my gosh i'm definitely gonna say this phrase at like work or something and people are gonna look at me as though i've gone completely nuts <laughs> Fine, listen to our podcast um
1: i'm trying to think so we don't have any feedback this week but we'll you know what we'll we should do like um Maybe after the finale we could do like a mailbag episode where we just like you guys can send That's us great. send us all of your thoughts about like the season as a whole and stuff like that and we'll read them I'm just well, kind of like
0: to see in because it will be happening to right sci-fi. right I, like I said we've been trying to like plot out what we want to do over the hiatus we're just assuming that it's happening So everyone else assume with
1: us yes assume and uh assume assume your tweets to sci-fi about it <laughs> yeah. hashtag renew, Krypton. Hashtag, hashtag renew Krypton. do it anyway, anyway Michelle
0: is on vacation so I think we'll probably back up a little bit early this week but as per usual we definitely want to hear from you if you have crazy theories fun fanatic ideas, anything like that we will be telling you where to find us in just a second.
1: Michelle where are you online online you can find me on Twitter at mimic1019. That's m i m i c 1019. Basically, you can find me anywhere with that Instagram, Snapchat, all those places. Um, you can also catch my reviews of Krypton as well as my reviews of Riverdale and various other things on TV Source Magazine. Um, and you can listen to my other podcast, which is hashtag TV geek h a s h t a g TV geek. You can find that on Twitter, and we talk about all kinds of geeky stuff over there.
0: Woohoo! I am really easy to find. I am Lacey MB pretty much everywhere on the internet. That's L-A-C-Y-M-B. I write about The Flash at Telltale TV. I'm covering Killing Eve this season at Culturist, and I write a bunch of other places when the mood strikes me. But mostly you can find me on Twitter, so please come and yell at me about your topic of choice, and or educate me on how to make shift names out of these people and their terribly spelled names. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, in Actual show content. You can visit kryptonpod.com for all the latest news, photos, trailers, descriptions, and more about Krypton, along with all the latest episodes of this podcast. And as soon as we get a renewal notice, we will be putting it up there. I'm saying this a lot in this episode because I'm like trying to will it into being into the universe. So bear with me. Uh, follow the podcast on social media. We're at Krypton Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Questions, thoughts, general rants if you want to send us fan art someone's just naps and that was amazing anything you want to send us please email us at krypton at gmail.com we love getting mail so please send us some. uh you can subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast stitcher radio and google play and while you're on itunes please hit us up with some five-star reviews because basically shameless and would really like some reviews about our time on the podcast we took this over is sort of in progress, and a lot of reviews on there aren't really about us, and we would like to change that. It's also a great way to just support us and let us know what you would like to see here or what you enjoy the most about what we talk about. And last but certainly not least, you could follow the entire DC Podcast TV network, featuring podcasts for every DC TV show at dctvpodcast.com. They're on social media at DC TV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Finally, I promise this is finally, you can subscribe to our mega feed with all of these great podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for the finale.
1: Yay! Bye.
0: Bye.